Desire, part two. On last week, I talked to you about living out of what God says rather than what you feel. This week, I would like to continue that, that same thought. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 and 34 that says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Hopefully, we all have people in our lives we like to spend time with, people who share our heartaches as well as our joys and deepest secrets. They know who we really are in both the good and the bad. They've seen us through the ups and the downs. We call them friends. Susan Hinton said in her 1971 novel that was called uh, That Was Then and This Is Now, she says, if you have two friends in your lifetime, you're lucky. If you have one good friend, you're more than lucky. You see, friendship can be a powerful commodity. It gives us a safe place to be who we are without judgment or ridicule. A friend, a true friend now, can speak life when you're down and hold you accountable when you're less than admirable. And as I've said in other podcasts, we infect one another. That's what friends do. We infect one another. We rub off on each other. If we're real close, y'all, we can even start to sound like each other. That's why it's so important to be kindred spirits when it comes to what we believe. I've had people in my life who did not understand or did not believe as I do. And that's okay if what they believe does not cause me to be less than what I am. But when what they are causes me to be less than I am, then I must reevaluate the friendship. I must be responsible for the belief system that empowers my life. Often when I think about the scripture I quoted earlier, I think about people who do things that are less than appropriate, having an adverse effect on someone's life. But as I chew on the text, I understand it to mean something even more profound. And here it is. Our belief system is a powerful thing. Out of what we believe, we live our lives. It informs our decisions, our desires, and eventually our destiny. I know you have heard the saying, birds of a feather flock together. Essentially, it means like-minded people tend to clump together. We gather around issues and situations that we mutually agree about. Don't get me wrong now. There are different levels of friendship. Not all friendships get the same amount of attention or the same agreement on issues. You have associate friends and then you have close friends. But in any case, we are infected by them all. So we must guard against what we adopt as our belief system from the people we hang around. Evil company corrupts good morals. And make no mistake about it, our belief system has a system. Our belief has a system, you understand, whereby it empowers our life. I have heard of people willing, literally willing themselves to live when everything around them said they should be dying. And I've seen just the opposite. People who are in good health, who should be alive and well, die off because they cease to want to live. One is driven by fear and the other is driven by faith. One is powered by victory and the other by defeat. Who we connect with from day to day informs and gives power to our belief system. These people help to bring clarity to what we expect. They help us navigate our feelings and emotions as we travel through life. They can either help our faith or undermine our faith. 
They can either empower us to trust God and take God at his word or create speculation as to whether what we believe in a given moment is even rational. You see, God's word is not always rational, but it is always true. It may not make sense, but it will produce good sense. For instance, here's, here's something that we do on a regular basis. Is it rational to give, to receive, or sow, to reap? But that's what God's word says. It would stand to reason that we should save and keep, not give to get. Is it rational to pray for your enemies when you really want to jump on and slap them or do something else? But that's what God's word says to do. And in doing so, we're most like God because when we pray for our enemies, we are functioning in the disposition of forgiveness. See, God's word is not based on what we feel, but what God says. It stands on its own as its own witness. His word does not need us to verify its validity. Creation has already done that. God said, let there be and there was. How we do our faith with the people we call associates and friends directly correlates with whether we have strength in crisis, courage under fire, direction in chaos, or comfort in confusion. You and I have to be careful about aligning with people who cause us to live out of what we feel rather than what God says. Because if we do, listen to me, we will feel defeated when we should be walking in victory. And just for the record, hear me well, just because you live out of faith and trust God's word does not mean that trouble will not come. It will. It will surely come. But trouble coming, y'all, is not the point. It is our response to trouble that determines our ability to overcome. God's word accomplishes what it is sent for to do. Our friends can either help that process or hinder it. They can either push us to believe or cause us to question, should we believe? Hear the text again. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. In this passage, Paul was trying to get people to recognize the significance of Christ being raised from the dead. It is not rational for a dead man to rise from being dead. Yet, that is the whole premise of what we believe as Christians. If Christ is not raised from the dead, then we might as well eat, drink, and die, according to Paul. Because there is no hope in conquering the issues of our day. However, if we believe Christ has risen from the dead, we have already overcome because he has overcome. All we have to do is live out of that reality. You have heard it said that fear and faith cannot occupy the same space. Our belief system either rests on what God has said or on what people say. The people we hang around either empower that thought or they undermine it. Verse 34 says, awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame. Don't let the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus be in vain. Don't sin by not believing in the power of the resurrected Christ. We cannot only rise. Listen to me. We cannot only rise from anything, but live like we have already risen. It is and was our birthright when we got saved. We don't live out of what we feel. We live out of what God says. Some people have a nominal relationship with God, even though they are saved. See, they believe God for the bare minimum, if that. Others are called religious fanatics because they believe God for too much. 
But here's a question I want to ask you just before I close. If you were in a game where your life depended on the win, would you want to be on a team where people believed you could win or people who believe that you would win? That's what I thought. You want to be on a team where people believe that you will win. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have already won. So I commission you, go live like it. I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus, of First Baptist Church of Indian Trail, Marshville, North Carolina, and you've been listening to Soul Food.